I see you, I hear you, I am you. Welcome to Soul Sister Elixir with Kari and Leticia and embark on this transformative journey with us. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. My goodness. 2024. Let's do this. Yes. Let's. Hmm. Do you have any reflections on 2023? Oh, wow. You know, <clears throat> 2023, I, I could say that it was a little challenging, but I can't even... I, I'm not even going to choose those words because in reality, I learned so much. And if I wouldn't have gone through those things, then I think I would have. And it's not anything major that any major discovery or any profound epiphany or anything like that. But it is little things that I do want to adjust to have a, a higher quality life and better, deeper relationships. And sometimes you have like a blind spot where you don't realize that you're repeating a pattern or something like that and it takes something to kind of like you know blow up in your face a little bit for you to be able to pull back and look at it what about yeah. you well I remember coming into 2023 being very very grateful that 2022 was complete <laughs> I uh I had once again kind of worked myself uh, kind of way too hard in clinical practice and just felt burnt again. And I thought, I can't, I can't keep repeating this cycle. And so, you know, this is the year it's going to lift off and things are going to get in a way a little bit more ease, uh, a little bit more in flow. And that, that didn't exactly occur. And then we had lots of shifts. Uh, my husband's work turned out to have a bit of a a hiccup and a challenge. And so it kind of meant not that I had to hustle, but that I had to, uh, we, we just had a lot of pressures, like just a lot of pressures this year. And uh, we are a very resourceful team. I feel very grateful to be with a partner who even in difficult conversations, we remain at the table. Mm. And um, yeah, so like th those things are hard. And it felt a little scary. There was a few moments that we kind of in a way just made it by the hairs of our chinny chin chin. And, um, and here we are, right? Like a little bit of the trust in the universe. I mean, it was, we were, <laughs> it was pretty tight having moved to the boat. I mean, I'm really glad we did it now. Um, it actually has probably saved us in many ways, but um, at the time it felt like we were stepping and there was no ground to step on, you know, I know stepping into water I know that kind of sounds funny, but because mm -hmm. we're not living on land, but there was just that it's, it was just this complete step in faith, but it was also that we kind of had to. So it was like, I have a friend who's about to move on a boat and she, she's a, a mariner. She's been on sailboats her whole life and she's flipping out that she's moving onto this boat. I thought we, we didn't even have that option. It's just go, right. Go yeah. time. But it is, it does feel scary when you don't know, like, how is that going to all occur? And yeah, so I'm, I'm grateful that we had a quiet Christmas. I think that was really helpful for us. And um, yeah, no, super grateful, uh, but lots of shifts. Right? My practice is shifting. <laughs> We're doing this, which is so exciting. And I've had some really great intuitive 
uh, creative thoughts come through of things. So I'm like really looking forward to 2024, which I thought, oh my gosh, is this going to be like 2023? But I think it is, there's a different level. We're moving up and like lifting into that ease and that kind of flow, the stuff that I love rather than life kind of making you do what it requires you to do type thing. It feels so amazing, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I also say, I really admire your relationship. It makes me believe and love and so like it just is so refreshing I love it I it gives you like hope you know and I don't know it's just a beautiful thing to to watch I just no matter what happens you guys like hold on to each other and get through it you know and most of us that's all we want to be seen and to be loved and we don't get that opportunity but seeing that it's real the last thing you lose baby is hope seeing that is real by observing you guys you know what I mean it's just it's like okay it is real yeah. it's not a fairy tale or a figment of my imagination it is very real you know so I think that's mm. Mm, that's very sweet it makes me quite dear I feel very fortunate <laughs> not everyone knows my backstory but this is yeah. my second marriage and I feel like the universe provided me with two incredible partners and I think holy smokes so there is that I feel like super grateful and he holds me in such high esteem it's I almost can't see it so it's it's pretty special it is it's so nice yeah when I get mired in the muck he still sees what's possible in me so that's been really huge for me considering where I've come from and the things that I struggle with, mm-hmm. you know, mine are really, um, in a way challenging when it feels like some of your world is kind of falling to have that. So yeah, I feel very great, like so incredibly grateful and he is just an amazing human. And so are you. So I, <laughs> oh yes you know what I was thinking about the other day when I was in my quiet time trying to Mm. think about like okay what do I want to talk about next or what 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 can I say that's impactful or that has substance or that maybe somebody out there needs to hear and what kept coming to me in that moment were memories of in the past where I have been so crushed because of people telling me that I'm too sensitive, too much, too emotional, crazy, you know, and all those things. And, (laughs) you know, and in, in the previous podcast, I had mentioned how emotions are your compass, you know, and how if you feel excited, inspired, grounded, that is a yes. And if you feel anxiety, stress, and hopeless, that is a no. And I was trying to think, okay, well, how does that tie in with me being too much, too sensitive, and and crazy? <laughs> so not not just typical Latina, <laughs> not just typical Latina, uh, just really out there. Um, and I used it used to bother me being so sensitive, and I can't help it. It's who I am. It's you know. It used to bother me that I feel everything so deeply, you know, that um, even sometimes the way I get excited feels like it's too much for some people, you know? So I started like 
not just researching and reading articles and like educating myself on it, trying to understand it, but also like reviewing things that I've been through. And what I discovered is that the reality is it is very courageous. It's courageous to feel in the world that encourages you to shut down and emotionally repress. You know, it it's courageous and ballsy to be okay uh, with who you are and to be in tune with your own emotions. How else can you connect with anybody else or, you know, sense or get a vibe from anyone else? If, if you're not even in touch with what you're feeling, how can you pick up on the signals that the world is trying to send you? You can't. <clears throat> What so if, if you're a person out there that's sensitive and that people tell you you're too much or that it's hard to love you, I want you to ask yourself, what if you are not too much or too crazy? What if you are just being a human? What if it means that you are so brave to not let the coldness of the world jade you? Maybe it means that you are awake, that you are alive. And those that say that you are too much are uncomfortable with your emotions because they are out of touch with their emotions but how is that your problem keep being you you bring softness and warmth to a hardened cold world and you are not crazy you are passionate and passionate people feel everything deeply while everyone else is walking around with a closed off heart people have told me that i'm hard to love before and God, it used to hurt me so much and make me wonder, God, am I really that fucked up? Like, am I that damaged? But in retrospect, I see that the only people that have ever said this to me were those that I was in a toxic relationship with. Everyone else in my life adores me. My friends love hanging out with me. You know, my son, my nieces, like people are drawn to me. That alone should have, like, Help me understand that, you know, I'm not too sensitive, but it didn't because I internalize everything, you know? So what if the only people that make you feel you are too much or too sensitive or too crazy, what if it just means that they are not your people and maybe they don't get you because they were never meant to get you? What if you just keep moving forward regardless of who accepts you and who doesn't? Sometimes we cling on to people because we see the real them, we see past the facade and their mask, and we see that, you know, deep down they're a beautiful person. And so we cling on to this potential instead of accepting who they really are. And that's, that's our downfall. Because then what happens is we're in these relationships with these people that make us feel so insecure and question our, our worth, our sanity, who we are. And by clinging onto them for dear life, we just make the situation worse instead of making it better, you know? So then we end up in this relationship where by the time it's all said and done and you split up or years pass by, you resent and hate each other, you know, because you clung out, clung on to somebody that was not right for you. And even though all the alerts and all the signals are going off, we haven't got to the point where we trust our intuition and trust the truth. You know, we want to trust in that fantasy that we have, you know, and that fantasy mm -hmm. is for that person to prove to us that we are lovable and that we are worthy. 
Mm. But how can a, how can someone prove to you that you are lovable and you are worthy when they don't see themselves as worthy and they don't love themselves and they're out of touch with their, with their feelings? It's never going to happen. Yeah. Can I, can I just say how beautiful it is to witness you? Me? <laughs> Elaborate, my dear. <laughs> well, just, <clears throat> well, I feel like that's what part of this is and <clears throat> part of what I feel like I get the privilege to do in in my profession is I get to witness humans. But to see that what you're revealing, like to yourself of what's mm -hmm. available to you, I just think it's, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to really explore. And even if things feel difficult, but you can say it, right? Like, why, why do people think I'm too sensitive? I mean, you were, you were talking that and here I was trying to wipe snot out of my <laughs> nose as I cry. I mean, that's just, I'm not a pretty crier necessarily. So like, and I, I do, I cry a lot. So I, I, I feel like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that going, you know, as I grew up, like you're too sensitive and I'm like, that that's not even a thing. Now I get it. It's not even a thing. It's just, I really feel it. Right. So I do just witnessing that and seeing what you're revealing to yourself and you knowing that <clears throat> when it feels good, when you feel grounded, when you feel your own sense of truth, that's a yes. Yes. Yeah. But and we then, didn't know that before. No. Well, because we're using our outside markers, right? And the outside compass is never, it's never accurate to your inner compass. I mean, I would distinguish that our inner compass is more, it's more of our spiritual self, right? The soul of you. Mm -hmm. And we end up using a, a GPS that is actually externally created through our psychology. And that GPS, that picker will be off mm -hmm. nearly every time because it was born out of something was wrong with me, right? Wrong with, you know, um, so the fact that you talk about this deeper knowing, and then that's a yes, it's like, that's that internal GPS. It will not steer you wrong. It will not. It will not. Yeah. It will not. Amazing. Can you, can you expand for me? I mean, you and I have had different experiences in our lives, which is what's going to make this so um, interesting as we talk. And then as we have different voices and different people join us, but when you talk about a toxic relationship, what are what are you referring to? A toxic relationship is when you are entangled with someone and the dynamic between the two of you almost feels like it's sucking the soul out of your life. It will leave you feeling depleted, lack of energy, all your triggers will be going off. You will feel insecure. And at the same time, the reason you're stuck in it. See, I had I had a revelation this year. Mm -hmm. and it was awful. I literally threw up. Like as soon as I realized like what I'm doing, this pattern. Okay. I had to sit down with myself and really question like, why in the past have I gotten into romantic relationships with like these people that like they're just um 
toxic. They're just toxic. And I get in, I see it, but I, I don't know. I'm trying to understand like what my, what am I thinking? Because I see it. I'm very intuitive. Mm -hmm. I can see, I can feel you're not a good person, but I, but I still go into it. What, like, what is, what is going on in my mind? What's happening? And so what I realized, and, oh, it's so hard to even say it. I haven't, I've only said it out loud once to my cousin. So now I'm saying it out loud to the world. Mm -hmm. I realized that I'm repeating the pattern of the person that sexually abused me as a child. When I was a child, my mother's youngest brother sexually abused me in, in, in a horrible way. It started when I was eight years old. And psychologically, you know, my, and also I had no father. Okay. And my mom had several boyfriends and I had to deal with sexual abuse from them too. So it was a messed up situation. But this person, I think sometimes out of guilt, would do something really nice to me. You know, and then they would tell me, I care about you so much. You're so special and this and that. So then I had this relationship where I, I saw them as a monster. I was disgusted by them. And at the same time, they were the only male figure in my life that at any moment, showed, you know, made me feel like I mattered, you know. So I realized in evaluating my patterns and relationships, I'm repeating the same pattern. I'm attracted to sociopaths <laughs> that are incapable of caring about me, taking care of me, valuing me. And then that in turn makes me feel worthless. Mm -hmm. And like I have to chase, chase for their love or their approval or for them to even just acknowledge that it, that I'm worthy. <laughs> so this is a pattern that I am repeating and that is, um, well, that I had been repeating because I, when you're aware and you, when you understand something, you can work on it and fix it and avoid repeating it. And I notice now that I don't take any shit. I'm, I'm in a different space now. You know what I mean? I, I'm not going to ever let anybody hurt me or anything like that, but just understanding, oh my God, all my life I've been repeating the so a toxic relationship i'm not a scientist or a doctor with this uh, high fancy words but if i have to define it is when you are in a situationship with someone that you know is no good for you your intuition your your life will go downhill your finances your mental health your physical appearance your your emotion your your uh, nervous system will be super dysregulated you'll have really high moments and then bam crash to the ground that's not healthy that's not love but when that's all the love you've been exposed to you think that's love until you know that there's a different possibility mm -hmm. that's the only love I've ever been exposed to you know so the more passionate and the higher the highs were to me I was like oh man you know, this is my soulmate, <laughs> you know, and then you cling on to this person, which is confusing because it, the relationship will be confusing, full of highs and crashing low. It will not make you feel safe. You will never feel mm -hmm. safe. You will never feel secure. And it doesn't mean 
it doesn't mean that the two people are fundamentally evil or anything like that. In some cases, it's just two good people that get together and they're not meant to be. And they're trying to force something that is not meant to be. And in some cases, when you have been through abuse and trauma like I have, you really do follow a pattern because the brain is malleable. You know, it, it learns and it, and from books that I have read and articles that I have read, humans, we feel safe with familiar. Even if the familiar hurts, even if the familiar is toxic, we feel safer with something that we recognize and that we know than we do with something new. New is scary for us. You know, so that's why it's so hard to do something different. But godly, you've got to. You've got to have the courage to change because you deserve to have a peaceful and loving and healthy relationship yeah. love should definitely be safe love should make you feel grounded love should make you feel seen and accepted not that you have to change or lose yourself in a relationship that's not love yeah well hollywood's right. not helping right yeah <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You it's, know, it's when I was, go ahead. When I was growing up and going through all, you know, I, I felt like I had no escape in my childhood. I couldn't run anywhere for comfort. So I would run in my mind. And I used to think like one day someone's a man is going to come and save me. Like, you know, like uh, uh, Sleeping Beauty and all that, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to give you a kiss with their sword and they kill the bad guys and they put you on a horse and ride off into the sunset. I really thought that and maybe that's another reason why um, when I was younger, having a partner or finding my soulmate was so important. Yeah. You know, that I should have been spending that time finding myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we don't know, right? I mean, there's you the don't know. I think you're right. You're, you it, it's just an outward compass. You yeah. don't know until you know that you're yeah. like, wait, I've been following the wrong true north. Like, well, actually, that is not my true north, <laughs> right? And so that starts to happen really a little bit more in not necessarily midlife, but you start to get like, you're wait, what? I have the wrong map, right? Oh my god, I've been, I've been following the wrong map. Yes. You, and, well, and you, you crash so many times that finally you just start to go, come on, there's got to be a different way, right? For some people. Yes. That, when I say, when I, when I refer to being awake or being asleep, what I mean by that is when you are awake, you are aware of your own bullshit. You are aware that you have patterns. You are ready to look at them. You are ready to be uncomfortable with it. You are ready to grow past it. To me, that's a person that's awake. And then there's a person that's asleep who is too terrified to look at their own demons. It's, it's, doesn't want to put the, doesn't want to change, doesn't take accountability. And they're just alive, but they're not living. They're just going through the motions with life, you know? So we, we by default, think that everybody's like us that wants to grow and reach their full, full potential. But not everybody is like that. Why wouldn't somebody want to grow and reach their full potential? Who knows? I have no idea. I, I don't. 
to me, that's the whole point of life, right? But I think, Kari, that the majority of people stay stuck. I don't know why. I'm not sure. And, and then they they spend their whole lives blaming their past. I mean, I'm fucked up, too, because of stuff that happened in my past. But I'll be doggone if I'm a prisoner of my past. I've been through too much and too many people have hurt me for me to continue letting that those experiences ruin my future. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to do that. I deserve happiness and I'm going to have that. It was so beautiful. Yeah. That's huge. That is, that is revelatory, right? When suddenly you realize, hold on, like I can wake up to this and I can, I can choose it differently until you saw it. You couldn't choose it differently. Right. When people say, oh, you have a choice. You don't have a choice until you actually see it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think some people see it and some people don't? Or why do some people like wake up and are like, fuck this shit, I'm going to do better. And some people just accept that this is their reality and, and just succumb to it. I, I think it's a spiritual insight. Mm. It's, it's not something that the human mind can ever understand because it doesn't actually come from your mind. Mm. It doesn't. Mm. Right. So there's the other part, right? There's remember you and I were saying like, what, you know, what are we doing here on this podcast? And I had said, I came up with this little diagram. I, you know, it's like, a, I don't know, is it a framework? Is it a Venn diagram? I don't know what it is, but it felt like philosophy has been, always been one of my things. And, and it was kind of back and talking about like when um, Aristotle and Socrates and Plato, and they were, you know, talking about you know, what had been up until that day was more, more of what's called like mythology, the mythos, the story, the narratives. We're human beings and we create stories, which is amazing. That's how we've, that's how we've passed things along and we're, we're storytellers, right? We're stories. So the mythos part of it. And then they came along and started to look at like this mind that we have and who are we and, right? And so that was kind of more the logos, they would call it. That's just a Greek term for the rational side where you're starting to examine the mind and all of that. And I think, which is, it's amazing, like to be able to see all those, because it's true. Stories move you. Stories are powerful. Um, but you're, we're more than story. <laughs> like we're bigger than a story. And then we're more than a rational mind that can debate facts and, and understand things. Um, th so the third part of this, and it, it, it doesn't relate necessarily to Greek, but I have a real affinity for um, Eastern Indian and Sanskrit. I don't know what it is. When I went to India, I was like, oh my goodness, I've been here before. <laughs> like I've been here. So there is something about the devotional aspect um, in India and watching their practices and how it was a real contrast in like very, very poor, but, you know, very happy. And I was like, wait, what is, it was such a contrast from what I was used to. So some of the things that speak to me are very Sanskrit. And so Devi is like goddess. So that feels like, like the third part. And so when you're asking why, why do some people wake up and some people don't, well, unless you realize we're bigger than our thinking. And that's part of, I think you and I started to see that there was this divine component, right? This goddess piece of us that were attached to God, goddess, um, we're spiritual beings. And once you start to like unwrap that, it's, 
it's like the most amazing, I'll start to cry just from joy. Like it is the most beautiful gift and you don't know what's coming next. Like you, you just don't. And I still fall back into my mind that tries to like figure it out and all of that. And I, and I love my intellect. I do. Um, and then there's the stories, right. That you get, you gravitate to. And, but like this, the spiritual piece, there is just an effervescence there that I just, once I think you like unwrap that, you can't, you can't put it back in, mm-hmm. in the box. And I think there's that. I think there is that. Some people would find it maybe through their religion and their devotion that way. Others, it would be through a life experience. You've heard of people who've had near-death experiences, people who've had very traumatic things happen, and suddenly they wake up to something quite different. Some people have had near-death experiences, literally have actually been dead and come back. And they will explain what they saw, you know, so there's so many ways, um, but just the fact that that can even happen, like, isn't that fascinating? Like, wow. Like, I think it, I I can't remember the name. I know he was, um, he is an East Indian. um, It would, it's not a philosopher, but it's what, what one of his um, sayings is, is that I exist is the perpetual surprise. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like, hello. Like, why are people, I, 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 from a young age, when I started to get it, like, as far as those types of questions, which I couldn't explain, but I was like, okay, why are people just doing this day-to-day thing? <laughs> Do you realize you're alive? Like, is that not the coolest thing ever? Which is why, again, science was interesting to me, right? Because you start asking questions and you start studying it and all of that. But like, I think that's it, Leticia. Is this is something it's just this little niggly thing that you have to like, wait, what is that? And then you follow that little trail or that little thread. And so you did that, right? And you saw something for yourself that was more than your story and what had happened to you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Like, <laughs> I'm always in awe of you. I'm in, I'm in awe of a lot of people, <laughs> but I, I love that I get to do this with you. And, and I'm in awe of you, right? Like just knowing you and know what you've been through and here you are no but your sweet giggle and your your oh. like happiness like we deserve to be happy like the fact that you found that Leticia through yeah. all of that you've been through mm-hmm. miracle oh man you're gonna make me cry Ooh. this Ooh. is it and it hasn't been easy it's been it's no. brutal at times you know but I just feel like God, one of the ways God is going to use me is for me to be an example of how you can have been in the darkest of dark and still be able to have a happy life and reach your full potential and see things and, and be amazing despite, you know, like the lotus flower, you know, it's, it's in the murky water. You don't even know it's there. You know, how can it be in there? And then somehow it pushes through the quicksand, the mud, and comes out to bloom. Not only does it bloom outside of the shit, it's pristine. It's clean, pure, you know? And so I can relate to that. And I think that God gave me the opportunity at one point to say, hey, if you decide to go to this path, 
it's going to be hard, but in the end, you'll be able to help other people, you know. At the time, it's been, it's now years later that I'm like, okay, maybe because of everything that I've been through, I have something of value to offer to the world. We just lost your sound. Yeah, I've lost your sound. The thing about reaching your full potential and growing as as an individual, it's not that it, it's not just for yourself. When when you grow and you expand and you open your heart, it can't help without you putting any effort or trying to affect everyone around you. It's it's bigger than what you could ever imagine. I was just reading in uh, my book, not this morning, but yesterday morning, that in quantum physics, so science tries to reduce out typical kind of Newtonian science kind of tries to um, reduce out the observer. So when you say, you know, that, you know, you doing self-growth, self-potential, self-discovery does have a ripple effect. It absolutely does. Because in quantum physics, consciousness, just the fact that you are present in a room with people speaking it has the effect to have things show up. So uh, at the subatomic level, things are either a wave or a particle, and they actually can exist in both states. So it's unpredictable. But as you look at it, so say a scientist is studying something, when they enter the room and then they look at it, it either goes to a wave or a particle. So it's by your looking at it that it actually changes state. What? Right. So we are having a massive effect all the time and we forget what an effect we are because we're just energy. And so I love that you just said that because it just points to why consciousness matters, because you have an impact just by seeing something, you'll change something to be from a particle to a wave. Or if it was sitting in the unpredictable, you then had it be measurable. That that reminds me of how in the Bible, anytime there's a miracle, there's witnesses. Yes. Wow. That's insane. See the yes. power of the mind, it's the power so... of, your, of your thoughts. I know. Why is it important? Stop yeah. being pessimistic and Debbie Downer. Yes. Change, your, yes. change your neurotransmitters, change your habits, change your, your thought process and transform your life. Yeah. Yeah. Now, most people I would say are doing it by behavior modifications, but I think the things you and I are pointing to are when you see it from a deeper level, you start to go, oh, right. And then the path suddenly, well, like, well, why would I, why would I keep doing the old thing if I can actually see it? It's not saying you're going to be perfect. Right. Yeah. But like, like Albert Einstein, there's just a new way for you. There's just a new way. Yes. Yeah. Albert Einstein's definition of insanity is something like 
when you keep doing the same thing over and over that has no results, something like that, you know, well, you see, you, they expect different results with the same there you thing. go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But Yeah. you know, when you don't know, you don't know, but as soon You as don't you know, know. like we can You. take control of our lives. Life doesn't just happen to us. I mean, yes, there's some things that are in our power, but, but we can take control. We just don't know that. We lead and yeah, the world follows. Yes. So cool. Wow. What a lovely first of January conversation. <laughs> I love I'm excited these. to see how this podcast is going to change our life because I know it is. I mean, even when we first started talking about it, I could, I got this feeling in my bones, you know, like, hey, this is going to be like, if anything, it's going to change our lives. It change Like, us, right? Like it's, it's part of that, I think. right. Yeah. And, and I get excited to see, yeah, what's going to show up. I guess that's what I get excited by too. And really just getting to be in this space with you and have these conversations. It's so juicy for me. I know, <laughs> right? yeah. It's so good. So good. I feel so filled up having these conversations. This feels like these were the conversations where I used to get teased about, you know, <laughs> Okay, connecting in that room, bonding with Kari and there Karen's she goes over here. again. There she goes. But it's like, these are it. Like when you connect <laughs> with people, what matters to them? Oh my goodness. yes. So good. It's so And good. there's people out there that need, that need and want to hear this. We have people that are in our alignment with us. You know, we just don't know that. Mm But -hmm. we Yeah. about to Yeah. Well, I just want to thank you for sharing because your vulnerability today is just, it's powerful and it's beautiful that you can speak it. <laughs> Thank It's, you. uh, yeah. I think that's what's held me back so long from doing something like this because I don't really want people to look at me and see that I'm a not a yeah I guess afraid of like telling my story to the world you know but Kari what if my my story saves someone or what if what if I do this and I share my story and it helps someone then that would make what everything that I've been through I wouldn't say worth it, but I would be okay with it because something good came out of it, you know? And maybe it's time for me to get past my fear of, of what happened. So what? It happened. So what? Why should I be ashamed of it? Why? It wasn't your fault. Right. It wasn't. And it comes with a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. The victim is, the victim goes through so much always. But shame and guilt is big. You don't want people to know that that happened to you. It's so shameful and disgusting. You're, you're disgusted by it. So you can only imagine like how other people would feel. But why? Why should I feel shame? Why should I feel disgusted? So if anything, maybe I can make it okay for people to be able to talk about their experience and know that they don't have any reason to feel ashamed about it. And like you say, breaking those generational curses. Yes, let's break those This is generations. not just you. This is not just you. This is. Happens every day, all day. Every day, all day. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I can't wait to see where this continues.
Me too. So excited. First of January, just the first of the year. Who knows where this is going to go? So exciting. <laughs> All right. Well, I love you. I love you too. And to those out there, we're wishing you a wonderful 2024. Yeah. Perfect. Great. Bye. Bye.